Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Because they just gave us these Lambos. Look on you. Woo! Yes! Woo! We ain't going nowhere. Huh? It's not doing nothing. Wait, wait. What? You don't know how to drive? No! <laughs> this is wonderful. We can't go anywhere. Hello. It's not going into drive, though. Seriously. Oh, hey, Woo! <laughs> Let the people know. Okay, so you got your foot on the gas? It's there. <laughs> Out time. Hello, Jesus. Karen, you gotta press your foot on the gas. Shh. This is wonderful for our relationship because you know my Lambo cherry is broken. This is my birthday. Girl, I got flash. I'm actually really scared. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be <laughs> See me, we're gonna be. Karen, you don't know how to Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our Friday Housewives edition. As we listen to this, I am out of town. Amen. Hopefully on a much better trip than these ladies that I'm about to talk about. However, um, because I will not be in town on Monday, I am not doing the pop culture roundup. So I figured I just heard about this bit of information that includes like Bravo slash uh, housewives info. So I'm going to stick this in and we can talk about it now. Um, so it was just announced that Peacock is going to be 
launching a show called The Traders. It is a competition show. It is based on a popular Dutch series, and it's going to be hosted by actor Alan Cumming. And it's, quote, a psychological adventure in which treachery and deceit are the name of the game. So you have 20 contestants, 10 celebrities, 10 non-celebrities, and they come together to compete for challenges. There's a catch cash prize of up to $250. So, no, $250,000. <laughs> so, um, the catch is that three of those people, and we don't know who, are the quote-unquote traders. They're the people who are going to be trying to sabotage the game and the cash prizes and all of that um, from the other people who are coined the faithful. So, let's get into the celebrity contestants. We have people from Big Brother, uh, Cody Calafiori, Rachel Riley. I don't watch Big Brother. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hopefully I pronounce those correctly. Um, I also don't watch Survivor, but there are players Stephanie LaGrosa Kendrick and Siri, C-I-R-I-E Fields, uh, Below Deck. We got Kate Chastain. We have from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Brandy Glanville. We have former disgraced Olympian Ryan Lochte, because Lord knows, it really seems like that guy needs a check. Uh, we have former former Bachelor Ari, and the one that I'm most excited about, the owner of the Murray Hill mullet, my pal and yours, none other than Kyle Cook. I, I, this might be, he might be the only reason why I actually watch the show. So, um, it is set in the Scottish Highlands, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, it seems to be a mix of like big brother survivor, uh, the mole, like a whole lot of things coming at once. Apparently it's very good. So I'm looking forward to it. I don't think there's a release date for it. Nope. Just kidding. It's January 12th. So yeah, check that out you guys. And yeah, let's talk about Potomac. We begin night two of the Miami trip, what is supposed to be Karen's five, nine birthday dinner, but Mia canceled it. Kind of Mia is a dizzy bitch and we just need to like acknowledge that designate her as such and just move on. Like I can't get too deep into Mia. She has caused a lot of drama on this trip and okay. And so she's sucking up a lot of air in the room that she wouldn't normally. I don't, Mia's like lame and she's being lame and we should recognize that. But I also feel like, Mia is a B character. She is beta. She's not the boss that Jacqueline claims that she is. And so therefore, I don't find Mia intimidating. Like, all of this is a lot. But, like, I also am not really... Like, my care level is not that as high with Mia, even though she's the one who swung on Wendy, um, as it is Robin, who's being eternally lame about this entire situation. So the ladies are getting ready. It's supposed to be an all white dressed dinner. Giselle's the first one down and she's just like, uh, where is everybody? Why am I at a table alone with a bunch of sweaty glasses of cocktail, uh, with nobody drinking it? Like what's happening? What's going on? Karen comes out next and she looked so good. This is probably one of her best looks This turtleneck, short, skin tight, white dress, like, Yes, 5'9". She was really killing that. So Giselle says, I don't know what's going on. I'm the only one out here. And Karen's like, girl, I don't know either because I don't think this is my 
birthday party more anymore. I think this might just be a regular dinner party unless Mia changed her mind. So then we get a shot of the table again and the Chiron changes from Karen's 5-9 birthday party to not Karen's birthday dinner. Jacqueline, who I'm just going to be calling Wacklin from now on because she deserves they're in the bath. She's in the bathroom with Mia and they're getting ready. And Mia's like, well, this isn't Karen's birthday dinner because she said she didn't want it. Right. And Jacqueline goes, well, no, she said you didn't have to after you said that you were paying for everything. So then Mia immediately moves the goalpost and goes, well, if somebody says that I don't have to do anything. That just shows that they don't appreciate it. Right? (laughs) No. (laughs) So Karen says, Mia won't host my birthday dinner because I went in to check on Wendy. We did this stuff in high school. You're forgiven, Mia. I'm actually just hungry as shit. It's fine. (laughs) So for some reason, Sharice decides to bring a crossbody bag to this dinner that's just in their backyard. She's so corny. Honestly, she's so corny. Mia hires some entertainment, but she's not ready getting finished. So Jacqueline has to go downstairs and greet the ladies excuse me Wacklin goes downstairs and greets the ladies and is like oh I think Mia's not feeling well right now um you know entertainers you guys can just get set up wherever so everybody's like okay I guess we'll just do a cheers to uh Karen I wonder if Mia changed her outfit to something different or if she decided before she left that this was going to be the dress that she wore because I feel like if you have a dress code, especially when it's colored, you typically the guest of honor is the one who gets to deviate from that. So when Mia came down in this white, but mostly red flower dress, like you really look like it's your birthday. So I want to know if she really planned on wearing that dress to Karen's birthday that she planned as Karen being the guest of honor or not, because if so, I mean, this sounds very silly, but the politics of clothes, I've seen it happen on TikTok. I mean, it, it runs deep with us women. Did you guys see over the summer, there was a whole like group birthday party in which I can't remember what the color was. I think it was maybe green or no, I think that the birthday girl was supposed to wear green and everybody was supposed to wear a different color. But then one of the girls shows up and it, green like the exact shade of green that they were specifically like do not wear this one because that's what the birthday girl's going to be wearing and then she she tried to get ahead of the story by being like oh my friends were so mean to me and they didn't want to take pictures with me and I just got shut out of this whole situation and then the tweet went viral and then one of the girls who were there was like actually that's not true And then she told on her and was like, no, you weren't supposed to wear that. You knew it. You insisted on wearing this outfit and we didn't want to take the picture with you because you were the one who was causing trouble and like acting a damn fool. And I think she ended up getting kicked out. So she tried to spin this whole story like she was a victim. And then, you know what? That's what you get. Fuck around. Find out. Anyway, um, Giselle suggests that everybody go around and share their favorite Karen moments. uh, And I could not have loved it more. Everybody had such great entries, starting with Candace saying that it was the wig shift uh, heard around the world for her. And I have to agree. So that scene, it doesn't matter. I could watch it a hundred times and yet I would still get a hearty, hearty chuckle. It's, it's Karen like being like, hold on, ho, 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 ho. (laughs) She freaks out. 
Candace is trying really hard to help her. Everybody's laughing. Oh, God, what a moment. What an absolute moment. Ashley's choice was when she and Robin stole Karen's wig on a vacation and out comes Kern Hooger. That was Robin's idea. Um, And then Robin said that for her, it was a lesson on how to control your man's kiss. You know, when you like... I mean, my God, I don't even know how to describe what Karen did, but she puts, she turns to Robin and says, um, you've gotten engaged since I gave you that advice, just so you know. Giselle's funniest moment is, of course, the shadiest one, because it was Karen going after uh, Ashley and Michael with the clankety clank, the bar of soap, that you better watch your husband. Even Ashley had to admit that it was actually a pretty funny moment, even for her. And then Mia says it was the time when G was a real creep to her and stuck his tongue out. It's very sexually suggestive and Karen freaked out and left the room. Yeah. Your greatest moment with Karen is when your husband creeped her out. Cool. (laughs) Cool, Mia. So then the entertainment, they do their show. There's a lot of fire dancing, fire eating, that sort of thing. Karen apparently finds this very sensual. I have to admit, Giselle is really good for a peanut gallery moment because they had one lady who was doing the fire breathing and Giselle just goes, how's she going to eat later? Then Giselle notices that Karen's having quite the good time. She goes, are you, are you okay? Is this really doing it for you? And Karen goes, you know, it's very sexy. This is a very sexy moment. When everything settles down, Ashley asks Karen if she and Mia have been able to have a conversation and Karen goes, yeah, you know, I think I walked, what I walked away from that is communication, just having good communication. But in a confessional, Karen says, it wasn't a great conversation. But you know what? I do have some sympathy for Mia because she's upset with Wendy and, you know, she thought that Wendy was coming for her marriage. And I can understand that because everybody's always coming for my marriage. More on that later. Somebody asks if anybody checked on Wendy that day. And then we see a call from her an hour earlier where she finds out that she was not invited to that dinner. So Wendy says in a confessional, that's fine. Don't invite me. If you can't use your words and you have to resort to violence. Yeah, you and your size 14 shoe can go over there. Every episode, Mia's feet get larger. Why? And like, yeah, is it body shaming? Sure. But it's also like, how did now three people collectively decide to come for her feet? Like, are they really that big? (laughs) Karen points out that when she went to lunch with Wendy, Ashley, and Candace, that Ashley and Candace were really getting along. And they both agree, you know, we just decided to table the conversation. But Ashley goes, yeah, but I definitely still think we need to talk because it kind of seems like Chris is on Twitter threatening me, like in real time. And then she says that Candace told Robin that it was Ashley that he was refer- referring to, re- referencing in a tweet in which he says, y'all really not ready for what's about to go down. Call me what you want, but a liar I am not. And if that's the path you choose, I promise you will be sorry. So Ashley wanted to be like, is that a threat? Is he threatening me online? Then Giselle pops up and says, actually, there were a couple tweets. One, he was referencing Ashley, and I think he was referencing me and another one. So the other tweet said it was a response to somebody, but we don't get to see what the person said. And he says, this is my business. What you're not going to do is lie on me. So Candace says, listen, 
he i think he was talking about the both of you because you guys make things up so if he wants to be upset and express himself on twitter i don't know what to tell you so Giselle and Ashley are both asking her what it is that they lied about with regard to Chris. And Candace says in a confessional, first, we have forehead claiming that my husband's coming for her friend. And then we have dusty vagina over here claiming that my man wanted to play anywhere near that. Y'all are so miserable with your rolling hills of necks. You want to come for my marriage? Not today. Not ever. And the gag is like, yeah, like, did the producers ask Candace who she was referring to with the neck? Because they did a tight zoom on Giselle. And again, like, is it funny to body shame people? No, but is it funny that the producers knew who Candace was referring to? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so Candace tells everybody, listen, I'm not addressing rumors. So does anybody have anything else? You? You got something? How about you? Anything? So Sharice decides to speak up and just be like, you know, I just think, I just want to say that it's disappointing that every time we get together, there's a confrontation. And then Mia says, well, I just think it's interesting that Candace is getting upset about people telling lies about her husband, but she's supporting somebody who tells lies about mine. So Candace says, okay, well, if I cuss y'all the fuck out, then I'm loud and aggressive. But if I, you know, move on, now I'm defensive. I like I can't win with you guys. Wacklin decides in this moment that she needs to put her musty finger into the ring and say, "Oh, you know, I just think you're being really defensive, Candace." And Candace just moves her head over like ta ta ta. Not you, okay? I I will not be bombarded by Mia's representative. So Wacklin goes, "You wish you had your a representative." <laughs> Candace just goes, "Who are you?" <laughs> Now let the record reflect that at Karen's taco party celebration of life event, Wendy also at one point looked over at Jacqueline and said, who are you? (laughs) And that really, really, really tickles me. So Candace is in a confessional. He goes, I'm done with this foolishness and the fakery. Everybody can lick the blackest part of my ass. (laughs) And then the funniest thing of all. Here goes Karen. Happy birthday to me. Giselle goes, your birthday was yesterday. It's over. And then a headline pops up on the screen that says, Candace slammed everybody on the cast. And there's a short clip where she says, everybody's fake. So then we get to day three. Mia claims that she's trying to be the bigger person, but we all know that that's going to be short-lived. So we see Wendy in her hotel. She's FaceTiming with Eddie, asking what the kids had for dinner right now, or last night. And he's like, basically everything from the uh, Cheesecake Factory menu. They had short ribs, they had taco, they had pasta, they had pizza, they had breadsticks, they had like, salad. Like, like, what the hell's going on here? Those, those poor babies. They're, they're poor little tummies. Ashley does a quick time, a FaceTime with her mom, Sheila, who said that Michael had sent her in really nice text saying, oh, the boys miss you, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you know, maybe absence makes a heart grow fonder. Well, it would if he had a heart, but we know that Michael doesn't. So Charisse goes into Candace's room to try to lift her spirits. But Candace is like, listen, I'm tired of people talking about Chris. And I feel like Ashley is projecting. She is projecting her infidelities and the other dirty deeds that Michael have done onto my relationship because, listen, Chris wouldn't hit on her ugly friend. Is that what we're doing? Then Candace says, Ashley has a fake divorce that she's trying to panhandle across the United States and she has nothing else to do. (laughs) She is so funny. 
Well, Candace asked Therese, do you think that this divorce is real? Like, be honest. So Therese says, no, I, I really do. And Candace stares at her like, girl, please. So Therese goes, no, like, honestly, at first I did think it was weird, but now I think it's real. And Candace goes, well, I feel like it's a scam. So then in a confessional goes, if you're getting a divorce, then why, pray tell, would you be buying property together? If I was getting a divorce from a grabby, handsy, nasty man, I for damn sure ain't putting your name on my property. What's the next lie going to be? <laughs> so Sharice tries to tell Candace that, listen, I, I just want you to have a good attitude going into the day. And she's like, I'm fine. I'm going to have fun. I'm wearing a neon pink swimsuit. So I'm going to have a good day. So then Sharice asks Candace if she's spoken to Wendy. And she's like, yeah. I mean, she's just stuck in that hotel by herself. And I want her around because I don't want to be stuck with forehead. So the ladies start go to go downstairs to get ready for the day. Ashley's doing another dance routine. And Karen's like, what is this? Another tiki-taki? Is that what we're doing here? <laughs> she really, like... It's really, like, a fun game to be playing in this Miami trip. It's like, how to spot Ashley sneaking off into a corner or a balcony or by the pool to do a TikTok. So when everybody gets downstairs, Mia tells them that they're going to be breaking off into groups. Half of them, Giselle, Wack, uh, she and Karen are going to be going for some surprise secret birthday trip for Karen. But the other girls are going to be going on a boat. So Robin makes some lame claim about like, oh, you know, I wish uh, Mia was a better host because I don't want to be stuck with anybody that I don't like. But what she should be mad about is the fact that she's separating you guys. Like, that's what makes her a bad host. Not some gripe that you have for no freaking reason. So on the car ride, Candace says that she's thinking about inviting Wendy on the boat. And Robin immediately, oh, rolling her eyes, huffing and puffing, blah, blah, blah. But when Candace turns to Robin and says, well, I just wanted to check with you to make sure, you know, you were chill with it. She's like, oh, I don't care. Okay. Well, then fix your eyes, as your mom would say. (laughs) Fix those eyes, girl. She's so lame. Like, I don't... I struggle. Like, she's just being lame at every turn. And the longer this goes on, the more lame that Robin's being. And I'm getting annoyed because I really like Robin and I just need her to stop being lame. Also, I need her to, like, if you want to stick to this red color, it's fine. But, like, girl, you and Giselle, ooh, I think, listen, not everybody's great at hair. Myself included. Like, I can't do hair. Okay? But also, I feel like we got a budget for glam. We could have put Cal up in an Airbnb nearby or somewhere, and he could have come and flat iron both y'all's hairs. Because once we got to day three, ugh, it was rough. It was real rough. At one point, Giselle's uh, using a hair straightener, and I'm like, is this thing even on? Because it does seem to be affecting. <laughs> the hair is the hair is not being fixed by this whatsoever and like both of y'all if you guys are that good of friends how about like you know maybe i'll do the back of your hair you do the back of mine like let's stick out for each other as sisters and podcast co-hosts it was real rough and by day three i think we you know we you know sometimes things get a little bit rough but we should have been able to manage a little bit better anyway what was i talking about (laughs) Oh, right. So in the other car, Karen declares that she wants to have a good day for her birthday. And Giselle yells from the back, it's not your birthday anymore. And Karen goes, well, I get a month. Okay? I get a month. 
Then Karen says that she just wants to have fun, but Mia's representative says, well, Mia's going to need some apologies before that happens. Speaking as her representative, since everybody wants to fucking say that. And it's like, well, because you're acting like it. And she's treating you like her assistant. So, I mean, maybe if you knew the things that Mia was saying behind your back, you'd be a little bit more upset with her than Candace for saying the truth. You know, it's kind of like when, this is going to be a hot take. White people, you might want to earmuff this for the next 45 seconds. Uh, black people, this is just for you. But you guys remember on Real Housewives of Atlanta when Nene called uh, Sweetie Kim Slave? And it's like, damn, that was like pretty harsh, but also kind of seems like she is. But you know, it was kind of like that. Anyway, we'll move on. Okay, white people, you can pay attention now. Also, I don't think I've ever told this story before. How is that possible? But one time... Okay, so back when I lived in Georgia, I used to... Uh, work for this uh, resale company, a, a kids resale place. And I was a buyer. And so we would buy like new and used things. And so one time, Sweetie came in <laughs> with bags and bags. Like, you remember how Kim used to dress those girls? Like, like uh, Teresa Judice used to, just like ruffles, really expensive shit. So they came in with like trash bags, which we don't ask for. Like, we don't prefer that people come with trash bags. Like, there is some prestige to the whole operation. But trash bags and trash bags full of Brielle and Ariana's clothes, wanting to sell them, uh, you know, real quick, right? But because they were so high-end and there were so many of them, you know, all these big sizes, they were like, oh, there's no way that we'll be able to just buy them outright from you. We would have to do consignment. But then she was like, no, like, forget it. But the other thing is, those things reeked of cigarette smoke allegedly allegedly so maybe that happened maybe it didn't but it definitely happened allegedly if i'm not mistaken allegedly i think this may have been post big papa but pre-croy but i think there were rumors at the time that she was dating a big papa like man if i'm not mistaken it was a long time ago Anyway, back to the show. Mia surprises Karen with a Lamborghini trip. I need to know how long they went because it seemed like just a, take a couple whips around the block and uh, come back, please. But Wacklin and Karen, or Wacklin and Giselle get in one car. Karen and Mia get in another. Giselle and Wacklin are just off. They're off to the races, having a great time. Wind blowing through their wigs, loving it. Mia and Karen just sitting there. Karen's in the driver's seat like, I I don't know what's wrong with the car. It's not moving. So Mia goes, did you put your foot on the gas, Karen? She goes, oh. <laughs> Baby, Karen, funny. It's also worth mentioning that before Giselle took off in the car, she yelled, Abuelita a Miami, which is not anything close to what she meant. <laughs> Grandpa to Miami, everyone. So the ladies go on for the boat ride or they get to the dock right and they're all dressed really cute they got their you know water heels if you will you know a wedge a cork you know something like that right but all looking very cute thinking oh we're about to get hooked up this is about to be like the big pimpin' video or you know something no no it was one of the i didn't even know they had these one of those um you know they have them in like new orleans and uh 
Arizona, apparently, from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, where you, like, pedal and you drink and you're pedaling down the street on that, like, trolley kind of thing. But this is on the water, which didn't make any damn sense because there's no possible way (laughs) that you guys are just cruising through the river on the power of, of... three people half pedaling like we make no mistake nobody was doing any work like what's the point is this for people who are like into crossfit and be like oh let's get some exercise in before you know so we're not so guilty never that could never be me not me Mm -mm. i would rather have a situation where they're like okay we're just going to strap you to a hospital bed and um just give you liquor in those pouches and you can just like suck on the end of a drip i'd be like that's great that makes more sense to me. <laughs> and, and also on the boat. They, I'd be on the hospital bed on the boat, just to be clear. That makes more sense to me and sounds a lot more fun than having to pedal. Not even going to lie to you. Ashley says in a confessional, I thought we were going on a motherfucking yacht. This is like a booze cruise. And then they pull out from some coolers, like a couple of airport quality sandwiches. Like, it's giving 7-Eleven. Girl, like, flop. This is flop. And she did that on purpose. Like, why did they not... Mia, you knew that that was not going to be any kind of fun. Mia would never do something like that. And we know that. She would never do this. She's a jerk. That's why she's whipping around the block in a in a rented Lamborghini. So Ashley asks Robin what her wedding plans are. And Robin starts to say, oh, you know, it's just going to be a very, very small thing. But when Ashley asks her for more details, she starts getting cagey. And then she's like, well, you know, this is really more of a conversation that I would have with people who actually like me. Meaning, oh, sorry, Wendy came on the boat. (laughs) That was a very important piece of information. Wendy came on the boat. So she's on the boat at this time. So Robin's referring to Wendy. Somebody says, everybody likes you on here, Robin. And they go, no, no, they don't. And that's okay. So Candace makes just a very good point of like, this is so silly. It's so mean to and cold to be specifically being rude to Wendy and everybody knows it. And it's so awkward. Like you don't have any skin in this game. Now, what is Robin mad at Wendy for? For escalating the situation? That's what she's mad about? Did something else happen? If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
I don't. I feel like they have not seen each other since this fight. So she's mad because Wendy did not de-escalate a situation. Like, even if something did happen and I'm completely missing something, Robin's still being lame for this. Like, this is so mean girl behavior. You're not getting married, first of all. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> that's why you didn't want to say anything. So you, you trying to be a jerk to try and get out of answering this question because we all know your ass is getting married. Let's quiet as kept. And that's actually smart, because if I was her, I'd be like, and you guys are not going to get me on camera again to add to another clip onto the montage of me saying that I'm marrying Juan and I haven't yet seven years later. So we're not getting this on camera because I know what's about to happen. That's going to be my whole clip package at the reunion. So (laughs) that would have made more sense. All the ladies get back to the house and... You know, the Lamborghini girls are telling the girls about the how their trip went and, you know, how Karen can't drive. And Karen goes, well, that was my first time in a Lamborghini. It was a cherry popping moment. <laughs> so matter of fact. So Mia tells all the girls that they're going to this Greek restaurant called Santorini. So they all go upstairs to get ready. So Robin and Giselle are in their room and attempting to do their hair. And Robin tells Giselle, I've got to play something for you. So she starts off her speech by saying, well... I, you know, I found this while I was in the bathroom doing a number two. And Giselle looks at her like, why would this need to be part of the story? You know, she's like, well, I just wanted to explain how I found it. Still didn't need to know. But she plays this clip in which Candace is saying, I'm a forgiving spirit, but none of these bitches are real. They're all fake. No one's loyal. Everyone's out for themselves. And they're trying to panhandle their little businesses. Now, quick flag on this, because Candace did post a clip from that interview in which she specifically had been talking about uh, embezzled. No, no. (laughs) Embezzled? Embellished. (laughs) Uh, Robin's hat line. So she was like, oh, it's actually a really great idea. I love them. I love the concept. I wear them all the time. This was in the same conversation. So... She wasn't talking about Robin's hat business, but clearly Robin takes this very personally and also decides that everybody needs to know this because Candace took shots at everybody. And also she found out that this Instagram live happened a couple days prior. So either before she left or the day she got there. So it's like Robin's, the battery's now in her back. Robin says in a confessional, I just don't know what got into this woman, especially because I was the one who went out of my way to be supportive of Chris and, you know, what, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I mean, that feels a little icky to me. Like, yeah, I mean, in the general sense, like I did something nice for her. But if you feel like this is like I scratch your back, you scratch my situation. mm, That's weird. That's weird. Like, Robin should be fine with being supportive of Chris because she feels like Chris is in the right. Not because she feels like, oh, I'm Candace's friend. I mean, I get this is like a show and it, it, it helps Candace to say on camera, hey, I'm in your corner and I don't believe this. But I also, you, you know what I mean. So Robin tells Giselle, this is not one of these situations where somebody can get by and be like, oh, this is a private conversation not had with the group. No, we're having this whole thing with the group. So downstairs, Karen asks Candace how it was with Wendy. 
excuse me, on the boat. She's like, you know, it's good. And actually, I think I want to invite her to the dinner. It's our last dinner, our last night. I think she should be here. Mia's there. And she's like, well, I feel like y'all have asked me seven times if Wendy can be around. It seems like we're going for round eight. And so Candace is like, all right, so it sounds like you don't want her there, right? Ashley says in a confessional, this whole situation is lame. It happened days ago. Mia's doing too much at this point. The power trip is really getting to her head and her feet, I guess. So in the car, Mia decides to tell Ashley. This is the weird shit that she does about Wacklin. So remember at Robin's uh, family fun day, air quotes, Ashley asks Wacklin if she's bisexual. And she was a little like, eh, you know, I, you know, I'm maybe, right? And then Jacqueline, or then Mia was like, yeah, she is. She is. I just like, <laughs> we got to meet people where we're at, ja- and Mia. And I feel like it's not your story to just be like, oh, yeah, she's five, she's five, she's five, she loves you, you know, blah, blah, blah. That was conversations that she had with you by herself. And like, even leaving the bisexuality out of it, if I'm telling you that I'm attracted to somebody behind closed doors, I don't really necessarily want you telling them. <laughs> Especially when I'm not there and be like, oh, yeah, they're really into you. Unless I tell you to do that. Like, please don't. Ashley is kind of like, okay, that's cool. She says, you know, I've never had somebody, like a friend of a friend, say that they were attracted to me. It's always been kind of a further connection. And she tells like, yeah, you know, I think that might be a little convoluted. So Mia goes, well, I've shared my man with Lachlan. N- not Gordon but somebody. So then she tells a story about how she had this ex-boyfriend who was like, Dick was immaculate, like having a hard time leaving him because it was just unbelievable. So one day, apparently she tells Wack and she tells, suggests, encourages, frankly, Jacqueline to fuck her still boyfriend, ex-boyfriend at the time. Not sure. Like a lot of Mia's stories, the waters are very muddy and the lines are just extremely blurred. So, uh, yeah, everybody's like, okay, that's weird. And then she's like, yeah, Jacqueline says that even to this day, she's never had a better lover. (laughs) Now, Jacqueline's getting divorced at this point, but I still feel like, you know, this is girlfriend talk for us. Not for everybody. Not for the television. I just feel like she keeps throwing Jacqueline under the bus. I think it's weird. And it feels tactical. Like, I'm trying to distract from whatever might be going on in my life. And so now I'm just going to tell all Jacqueline's business. Because, you know, apparently I think very little of her, frankly. Everybody gets to sit down at the restaurant. But Giselle notices... Where's Ashley? Turns out Ashley's at the front of the restaurant calling Wendy, inviting her to come. Come on, girl. It's like, this place is actually really close to your hotel room. Hotel is going to be really great. Like, just come stop by. So in a confessional, Ashley goes, I just don't see why Wendy can't be part of the group. If ultimately this trip was mainly for Karen's birthday, it wouldn't make sense that Karen's friend Wendy would be allowed to the dinner. Makes sense to me. So she goes back to the table. And says, well, Mia, Wendy's going to be stopping by for a little bit. And Mia goes, you disrespectful little brat. So at this point, Mia doesn't want to be making eye contact. So she's 
I'm assuming looking at Wacklin, who's across the table from her, and, like, just talking clearly about Ashley. They're sitting literally right next to each other and just, like, throwing shots at Ashley. Ashley cracks me the fuck up because she just... And I found this, and I do still find this incredibly annoying in other situations, but in this time where she's just like, yeah, I just invited her. I don't give a fuck, and I feel like it's right. Just like last week when she texted me and says, I will not, I will be staying at the house. You will not be kicking me out. <laughs> it really cracks me up that she does this, but whew, she really fucked it up later. So Mia's still talking at Ashley to Wacklin, saying, oh, you know, there's only one chance of me to strike out. And she cuts her eyes towards Ashley. So Charisse tells Ashley, don't you think it was a bad idea to make this decision without consulting anybody else in the group? But Ashley goes, no. I actually think it's unfair that this woman took time out away from her family. She's being ostracized because of one thing. Mia tells Ashley that she's a disrespectful little brat again and Ashley goes well then what are you Mia a bully (laughs) it was silent for a couple of seconds and then Candace goes over to Jacqueline she goes you're not going to step in for your friend here and Jackie goes mind your business (laughs) so Candace goes well you like to jump in so jump in and Jacqueline goes why don't you go sit down she goes I am bitch (laughs) they're just getting into it for no reason it Comedy. Pure, pure comedy. Robin tells Ashley, why don't you, you know, put yourself in Mia's shoes? And Candace goes, well, I've been there. I've been there and I'm still here, so that's really great. But then, right in this moment, Wendy shows up. It's really awkward. She's only hugging about half of the women. But I did notice that Giselle, who's sitting on the other side of Mia, moves like physically moves Mia in the chair closer to her so that they can make room for Wendy. It's very awkward immediately. And so Ashley decides to stir the pot again and be like, okay, is there any way that you two can have, you know, voice your opinion on what happened the other night? Any interest in that at all? So Wendy goes, okay, this is for Mia. (laughs) Mia. She's not looking at her, but she announces to the table, I'm announcing that I take accountability for my choice of words. It could have hurt you, and I can apologize for my role and how I aided and escalated this evening. That's what I can say. So Mia goes, well, fucking kumbaya. She's not looking at Wendy. In a confessional, Mia says, I don't know who Wendy was talking to. Maybe she was trying to convince herself that she's sorry, but she wasn't talking to me. And at this point, Robin decides to make an announcement and says that she wants to share something that's extremely insightful to everyone. And then she pulls out a damn uh, Alexa speaker, like a Sonos speaker, (laughs) and puts it on the table. Karen goes, Robin has gone high tech. First she's recording and now now this. What's going on? (laughs) So she starts playing the Candace recording And the reaction of everybody was just priceless. They're all like, oh, excuse the hell out of me. They're just slowly like, everybody's looking at Candace. Like, uh, what's going on here, girl? (laughs) Candace is in the corner like, god damn it. (laughs) You can tell she was like, fuck me. 
fuck me. Oh, she was, she was hurting. So Robin decides to be lame again by being like, no, don't talk, Candace. But I want to know why. Answer me now. Don't talk, but answer me right now. Why did you do this? And be specific. Were you talking about everyone? So Candace says, this is an ambush. But Ashley's like, no, no, because you really said that. We all heard it. But Candace goes, yeah, well, I did say it. And I don't take it back. So in a confessional, Candace says, to quote the great African proverb, I said what I said. Nene Leakes is a proverb now. So then, you know, Robin says, she's like, yeah, I mean, if you think that everybody is out here looking for each other or for, you know, for themselves, then why are you here with us? So Candace says, well, the only person up until now who at this table I would have said it was loyal was you, but I don't think I can say that anymore. So Karen says in a confessional, she's confused. Wendy's like, this professor has never had to panhandle for anything. But then Giselle says, I'm glad Robin came out with this because Candace's face is cracked right now. And you know what? She got caught. So thank you to Robin's number two. Thank you so much. Candace calls us an ambush again. And Ashley goes, no, you need to say this to everybody's face. So Candace looks right at Ashley goes, I have said this to your face. I don't like you. You're a disloyal person. I think you're shady. I think you're mean. Then she turns to Giselle. She goes, I think you're a disloyal person. Then she turns to Karen and goes, you know what? You're actually not included. So it's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. But then Ashley turns to Karen and goes, you know, I actually think this might be a good time to tell you something. I really didn't want to tell you this, but kind of seems like Candace's true feelings are coming out. So Karen looks over at Candace and like, uh, what's going on? And then Ashley says, Candace has been saying that you're dating other men and you're been, you've been out and about with other men. And I, wow. I mean, Karen's heartbroken. I like have not seen somebody just genuinely be so caught off guard, so hurt, so heartbroken in that moment. So shocked. Like, I really, really felt bad for Karen because she, you could tell she had, this came out of nowhere. Now, I think we also need to clarify that we saw this exchange happen on camera. Ashley invites, Ashley goes over to Candace's house and they're talking about Sharice and they're talking about why they're starting to notice that Karen wants to avoid Sharice. And then they start talking about, Candace says, I get handed a bunch of information. Like people always want to tell me stuff, you know, about some of it being about Karen being seen with a man, not Ray, blah, blah, blah. But she, I will say that she does say something like, Oh, we all see it. Like, why are you lying? But other than that, Candace was talking about Sharice and people coming to her with information. And Ashley also said that she heard that shit too. And she snake, 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 snake. She was like, oh, Candace, what did you hear? Cameras, are you hearing this? You got, is Candace's mic on? Good. Eric? Eric, how's, how's Candace's sound? What did you hear, Candace? And she knew, and she used that information for later. Didn't say anything about how you also heard those rumors. So, ugh, that's whack. And this is when Candace says, you're not loyal. I think this is what Candace means. Like, you're not including yourself in this, weirdo. So then Karen looks over at Candace in a way I've truly never seen like a scary mom look when you know that you fucked up, but you're in public and you're really going to get it later. (laughs) So she puts her hand up to Ashley, like stop speaking. And then she just stares at Candace. 
Robin even goes, oh shit, she's mad. <laughs> so Karen says, what is she talking about? And she turns to Candace and says, what did you say? Did you say that about me and my husband? What is Ashley talking about? So then Karen addresses the whole table and she goes, let me pause and be very fucking clear. And I'm going to tell this to the whole table because I've been down this avenue before. Unless you have names, pictures, numbers, people love me and I stop and say hello. So unless you got something good, then shut the fuck up and don't come at me again. But Candace starts speaking real fast saying, you know, I don't know what's going on. Ashley's lying. I don't think I would ever say that because it just doesn't sound like something I would say. And if I did, why would I say it to Ashley's black ass out of anybody? Karen gets up from the table. She goes, this is bullshit. I do so much for this group and this is what I get. And then she walks off to the bathroom just going, hell nah. Hell nah. (laughs) Slamming her uh, arm into the bathroom door. Like, they're chasing her down like an episode of Cheaters. It really, really got rough there. So Giselle says in a confessional, she's really glad that Karen got this off her chest. She didn't say that it wasn't true. She just told people to stop messing with her. Good job, Karen. (laughs) Candace tells Ashley, you need to go get Karen to clarify. But Ashley goes, actually, you're the one who needs to clarify it. So was it a joke? Were you, you know, blah, blah. No, Ashley, you need to say what you said. Like, you can't just be like, this is fact. And now you, person, has to prove it. So then Karen comes back. She's still really riled up. She's like, you know, I don't want to play any games. Uh, If anything was said about me while I was gone, y'all need to tell me. So... What what happened? Is there anything I need to know? So Candace says that Ashley's lying. She starts crying. Giselle asks, is Candace crying? She goes, yes, bitch, I am. Is that a problem? <laughs> so Candace gets up and calls Chris. And she's like, you know, there is no loyalty with these women, most of these women, because they'll come and smile on your face and stab you in your fucking back. And Chris is like, you know what? Yeah, you have been loyal to them. And all they do is throw shit back in your face. At this point, it starts storming actually storming it's somebody's birthday elsewhere in the restaurant they're opa just smashing plates on the ground it's just like too much happening sensory overload so they're like girl we need to go it's lightning every windy just wild so then we see candace in a confessional saying this whole trip has been crazy but the last night was one to remember I do remember Giselle being the old 39,000-year-old hag that she is bailing out a little early. She had to go to bed. So we, the young PYTs, decided to go to the club. Ashley's trying to get everybody hype as they're getting ready to go. And Karen goes, I'm going to have one drink and then I'm leaving. So four hours later, we see Karen getting down in the club. Everybody's having a great time. Girls night. Wendy and Robin are in the corner saying, I love you so much and I miss you. They're hugging. Uh, Candace and Mia's nipples are out at one point. They're having a great time. It's a key key. Candace is like, this is great. These are the moments that really make me love this group. Like we, I know we can get along, be a sisterhood, and this really makes me happy. But then we find out things got even more blurry. And Candace says, I remember that Mia went home at some point. The rest of us get into the SUV and everything goes left. So it's 325 in the morning. And Ashley is recording with her phone on her lap. So all we can see is just like a shadowy car moving and Ashley's the bottom of Ashley's neck. Right. So. 
Candace and Robin are going back and forth. Robin at one point is screaming, oh, so I'm horrible because I saw this blog while I was taking a dump. (laughs) Robin is screaming. Candace is screaming about how she's not loyal. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Y'all are fucking fake. Then we see even more footage of somebody recording Mia back at home. She's on a FaceTime with Robin. Robin's trying to talk to her and tell her when they're going to be on their way back. But Candace is screaming so loud, calling her a fake bitch. You did this shit on purpose. And Mia's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. The phone clicks. And the episode ends with them, Candace and Robin yelling, fuck you at each other. And Robin goes, we're done. Well, I guess we'll see what happens next week, y'all. Oh, lordy, lordy. Let's move on to Salt Lake City. This is such a beautiful backdrop for that guy. These fire dancers are amazing. The sad thing is, I'm going to have to pull them aside after and let them know they're probably not going to get paid. All right, well, let's head over to San Diego with our Salt Lake sweeties. Wow, uh, <laughs> what an establishing episode for everybody, right? Lines were drawn and then blurred and then drawn again and then erased and then... Ooh, U-turned, curly cue, the whole thing. So let's get into it. So we begin with a division on the high seas. Jen's yelling to Heather and Meredith about how she was just trying to make things more fun. And she's going through right now. And, you know, back at the front of the boat, Angie Kay is talking about how degrading it was that Jen threw a drink on her and how she doesn't see any humor in that. And Lisa Barlow fully agrees. Weirdly, Heather seems to be very pro-Jen in this whole situation about how, I understand, it really seemed to me like Angie was trying to be the leader and then she took the primary bedroom, so I get it, right? No, girl. And then she throws Lisa under the bus by saying that Lisa agreed with Angie K immediately. So now... Jen is in a confessional saying that Lisa's now shit all over their friendship by siding with Angie K. Girl, you are unequivocally dead ass wrong. And yet people who are on the side of the victim, for lack of a better word, are now shitting all over your friendship. Okay. So then Angie tries to tell the ladies that she knows Jen's going through a hard time. And she told Angie, hey, I'm not guilty. Angie's like, you know, I'm choosing to believe that. But now I kind of feel like I'm also being conned. And, you know, I have the money, but I was also kind of waiting on Jen to, you know, at least offer to pay me back. And then Angie says in a confessional that she's known Jen forever. But lately, Jen's been very toxic. And she's really not sure. Like, are the ladies seeing this? And why are you still willing to come back for more, if so? But... She's not doing that because she has too much self-respect. Honestly, I think I was wrong about Angie Kay. I actually think she's perfect. I think she might be perfect for this show. She's just, to me, has like an old school, thirsty friend of energy, scrappy, if you will. And I would not be friends with Angie Kay, but I like seeing whatever the hell she's doing on television. I won't deny myself that. Whitney tells Angie Kay that she admires her for speaking up and being real. Because that's what she's trying to do with Heather. But Angie's like, it's a fine line, honestly. I never know what's going to trigger Jen. And I don't really know how how to deal with that. Lisa kind of agrees. But Dana's like, okay, when is enough going to be enough with you guys? Like, really? When are we going to stand up and make a choice with Jen? 
So here's my thing with Dana. Is that Dana makes all the sense in the world. Like, I'm rocking with you spiritually and objectively on a truth level. But... The truth doesn't belong on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, you know? But, like, that's why we all still kind of like Jen, even though... Clankety-clank. You know what I mean? So, even though she's being reasonable, it's not working for me. I just don't think that reality TV is the show for Dana. And I feel like this is probably, like, what I would be. I would be the one, like, trying to wrangle all these clowns to no avail and it wouldn't be fun and like even though she's making all the sense of the world she just comes off a little bit as like a spoil sport a little bit but i like data she just doesn't need to be on reality tv finally meredith remembers that she is the ceo of fun for this trip so all the girls get back to party with dj kimmy and take shots whitney announces to jen I've got something for you, girl, and I've been waiting all day to do it. And then she gets right in a headstand to Pussy Pop and goes pretty clean into a a split. So, you know, respect to Whitney for that. Half the girls are up dancing until Lisa realizes that Jen is talking shit about her. So then they're basically going back and forth about how Lisa's not being a consistent friend to Jen like Jen is being to her. So Jen keeps snap, snatching back all the body parts. Like Lisa's trying to get her into a bear hug, being like, no, we are friends. Jen's like, Mm-mm, get away from me, girl. Like, I'm not dealing with this. And then <laughs> she's like popping cherry tomatoes in her mouth because she's managed to get the whole crudite platter to herself, just spitting seeds and, and blasting off on Lisa about how she's not a really good friend. So... Then she really starts getting activated. I, I think the, the, what do they have in, in tomatoes? Ke- ketones? or I don't know. But whatever. Something really activated her. And she was ready. Jen was very, very ready. So then she starts shoving Lisa and says, you don't fucking expect me to have, or don't you fucking expect me to have your back. If you want to have her back, you better watch what happens, Lisa. <laughs> then for some reason, the whole crudite board ends up overboard. Why? I don't know. Baby carrots and celery just flying right into the ocean. Lisa tells Jen, you can't throw food. (laughs) Jen goes, I can throw the whatever the fuck I want. (laughs) What is wrong with this woman? We get a very slight reprieve where Dana is trying to teach Whitney how to twerk. But then the captain's like, oh, you guys can't be up here. So Dana, for some reason, ends up picking up Whitney and they're like, you know, having a... um, I was home with my kids, mommy Anna situation with each other. But at this point, Lisa's had enough. She's done with being screeched at by Jen about how she doesn't have her back. So she's like, well, fuck you, Jen. Lisa then says in a confessional, Jen is an emotional manipulator because she tries to make everybody feel like they're the worst friend to her and that they are so horrible. But meanwhile, she gets to treat everybody badly. And this I'm like, okay, Lisa, let's talk about it. Because normally I feel like Lisa is an uncanny valley version of a human being. But this she clocked exactly right. Like the standards that Jen has for her relationship are not the ones that she keeps to maintain her friendships. And it's bullshit and it's hypocritical. And then Lisa really goes off. She's like, you're always yelling about who's got my back, who's being real, but you're not the real one. You're fake as fuck. You're fake as your boobs, your ass, your face, everything. Woo, 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 woo. 
this is uh, coming. Lisa from behind the door, as I'll call her from now, like an activated Lisa. Uh, you fucked everybody. You're fake. Your family poses. Like, this is the Lisa. She really needs to watch it. For whatever reason, Heather has now decided to be fully in Jen's corner, trying to like, woo, 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 soothe her by telling Jen that she just got ambushed. Where is Heather? I need the real, will the real Heather Gay please stand up? Because I don't know who this chick is. It's so weird and I don't understand what her end game is. Like, is her end game just to keep the peace? Like, last week I said, maybe Heather is just like, hey, this chick's about to go to prison. Yeah, she's full of bullshit, but I'm just gonna ride this one out because, listen, I'm not gonna have to deal with her soon anyway. And if that's the case, like, Heather, y'all, you need to explain that because this makes you seem like the most sometimey, hypocritical, fake person that I ever did see. And I don't like that from my Heather. I really don't. I mean, the other thing would also make her fake, but at least I could understand. You know what I mean? Heather does say in a confessional that Jen has been embarrassed embarrassed enough this year, and so she just doesn't want to kick her when she's down. But also, like, that doesn't mean that you just get to lie to her. (laughs) <laughs> for for whatever reason. So Jen starts screaming that she's going to jump in the ocean. And Whitney goes, well, let me get you a life raft. <laughs> and then she walks away. Then Whitney says in her own confessional that the relationship between Jen and Heather is the weirdest, most codependent thing she's ever seen in her life. So the girls go up to see what's going on with Lisa. And she's like, listen, I'm just not going to be playing these stupid games with Jen, where if I talk to one of you guys, then I'm a bad friend to somebody else. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, this is some high school shit. So Whitney starts to talk about how people need to start taking accountability. And Meredith's like, you know what, I'm, I'm getting up. So Meredith says in a confessional, listen, I'm not going to be hearing anything about accountability from Whitney when Whitney tried to blame me for the Lisa rumors. So I'm not interested in her little lecture right now, little girl. <laughs> so of course, God bless, we get a flashback to Mary calling Whitney a little girl last season. And then we get back to Meredith in the confessional, just chuckling. <laughs> she got it. She got it. Jen is in full Dennis the Menace mode. Somehow she's managed to find a pair of white sandals. She throws them right over the boat. Not knowing who they belong to, allegedly, but I think she had a clue. So Heather's like, okay, well, if that's what we're doing, let me go and put my shoes on. And I see Whitney's shoes, so let me grab that. She puts one of the sandals, Whitney's sandals, in her purse. And then Jen throws the other one overboard. So now we're one and a half shoe loss. So the producer goes down to where, like, Lisa um, and the other chicks are, and they're like, uh, your shoes are in the water right now. <laughs> Lisa goes, not my St. Laurent ones. Please. Please not the St. Laurent. <laughs> so she goes on and on in this confessional about how these are really exclusive, and I got them on pre-order, and you, they're really hard to get, and you know these were really expensive shoes. And if she threw them in the water, I'm going to be really pissed. <laughs> So this is the shit that, about Lisa that really cracks me up because we see a flashback where she's explaining to Whitney earlier about how expensive the shoes were and that she shouldn't get them wet and she doesn't want them to get exposed to anything. So Whitney's like, why did you bring them on the boat then? <laughs> like, girl, come on. So during this flashback footage, we're able to determine that the white shoes are in fact Angie K's. 
And so all the ladies are trying to find their shoes and Jen's just standing off to the corner like a little lying little child who knows that they did wrong. And now they're standing in their corner because they know and they're just watching everybody like try to figure out who, like how long do I have until I get caught? So she just goes, I didn't throw them. (laughs) Listen, girl, I've watched a lot of 60 Days In. This behavior is not going to fly on the inside. So you better get your shit together. And yeah, maybe the audience could say, oh, she's clearly drunk. But, you know, please don't tell me that Jen's not going to get the hookup on Zapruno the week, the first week she gets to the feds. Don't tell me that because I know she is. So listen, girl, that's just going to be, you know, the the government oranges and apples that they ferment. You're going to have to figure out how to control yourself. Because you're acting like this on some Casamigos. I can't imagine what would her behavior would be like on some unregulated uh, toilet wine. Like, really think about this. So they go get in the car, back in the Sprinter, and Heather's being the loving mother. Jen, just put your head in my lap. Take a nap. I got you. And she does. Jen takes a nap on the way to the car to the house outside of the house the driver gets out are you okay jen yeah i'm fine it's 406 431 445 507 512 she's asleep in that car from 406 to 531 wakes up fresh as a daisy i'm ready you know that's what they call puke and rally sleep and rally you got your second wind While everybody's getting ready for dinner, Heather does a FaceTime with Angie H. to give her all the tea about what's happened so far. And she's like, girl, guess who's fighting? So Angie's like, okay, um, Jen and Dana? I mean, that seems like a pretty safe bet, right? But she's like, no, it's actually Angie K. and Jen. So Angie H. is like, you're telling me that the two people who teamed up to go after me are now arguing with each other. Am I hearing this right? So then Angie H. asks Heather if she's friends with Jen now. And she's like, listen, I was feeling some type of way when we went to lunch, but I like my relationship with Jen when we can turn up and have fun and not have too many expectations. So Angie H. is like, okay, cool. But like, you really need to watch yourself because at the end of the day, Jen is going to be reasonable for moments of time. But is she going to be reasonable in those moments where it really counts for you? Like, Watch out, girl. And then Angie goes, what are we even doing here? I thought we're all women. And Heather goes, we're on a girl's trip, girl. Not not a women's trip. So this is what happens. Then we see Lisa call John Barlow to be like, listen, the boat trip was a disaster. It was a nightmare. Jen was screaming at people. I got pushed. But she rightfully calls Jen out for how much she talks shit about Heather. But now she's sitting here telling Heather how amazing she is. She's like, this is really crazy, you guys. Like, this is crazy town. (laughs) So John's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know why they do this to you. Um, You know, just keep your distance from Jen. If she starts going sideways, just let her rip. Okay, I gotta go feed baby gorgeous and fresh wolf. Bye. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The ladies go downstairs for dinner. Lisa declares, I need protein and a vegetable. <laughs> Jen comes out and she's got this beautiful, like, Polynesian outfit out. She takes the ladies. There's a performance. There's dancers. There's fire. Uh, it's a whole thing. Drum circle. The ladies are teaching each other how to, the dancers are teaching the rest of the ladies how to dance. And that was a real treat for me because, my God, Meredith was really trying to find where her hips were and she couldn't. She couldn't. And she says in a confessional, listen, I'm 50. I don't have hips. I don't have a butt. I'm doing the best I can. I'm not here. I was here twerking like Jen's assistant slash uh, uh, dancer, exotic dancer. And, you know, that that's it. <laughs> My question is, did Jen bring that full size ER grade bullhorn with her on this trip? Did she manage, did some uh, intern have to source it from, from a medical supply company? Like, where the fuck did she get that? Because that was not the one that she brought to the choir auditions. It was a bigger one, like an official one. Is there an EMT outside and she took it from that, like, like a fire department? What happened? I'm so confused. But she's got this full ass bullhorn to announce that some people don't want to have fun. So she's hired the fun police, frankly. If I were Jen, I wouldn't be hiring any police, even if they're sexy ones that are taking their clothes off. But this really speaks to what Jen said earlier about how she's able to go through the fire, go through hell, and still come out uh, having fun. (laughs) Heather says in a confessional that this moment is pretty ironic for her because the last time she was this close to police officers, she was certain that they were strippers hired by Jen. And they ended up being the NYPD, FBI, IRS, etc. So, you know, what a fun twist we have now. So one of the dancers goes, I heard there was a noise complaint because it was too quiet. And then they start blowing their whistles and then they just kind of have to stand there because everybody's playing hot potato. They're like, uh, let Heather get the lap dance. She's horny and single. No, I don't want it. Lisa's saying that she's shy. Jen doesn't want one. Finally, Whitney's like, listen, I got two kids. I'm married. Get to dancing. There's, you know, a couple of bumps, a couple of grinds, a couple of body rolls, but largely a flop, a real big flop. So Dana decides to make things fun by confronting Jen about the argument they had at the choir auditions. So fun. And at first I rolled my eyes, but then I'm like, okay, here we go. Because Dana then exposes Heather for saying at the lunch that they went to with Angie H that if Jenny issued her an ultimatum, she wouldn't take it, which really starts to activate Jen again. And then Dana reveals that Angie H told she and Heather at lunch that they were advised. Okay, so Jen had the conversation with Angie and she says, you know, coach Shaw says that you basically need to apologize to me the same way you Shaw exposed me on Instagram for as long as you were doing your dirty little dastardly deeds. But 
Angie H tells Heather and Dana she reached out to her, her PR people. Angie, why do you have PR people? For what? For what, lady? Her PR people and her attorneys, and they told her not to issue a public apology because they don't want to be associated with Jen. Angie. Angela. You're dying to be on a national television show with Jen, but apologizing to her because you created some lame-ass sock account to go after Lisa Barlow and talk shit about her. That's where the line is. Okay, okay. Like, did you tell your PR people and the lawyer what you did to get yourself in this situation? Because maybe they would have a different answer. Heather tries to kind of skirt out of the responsibility of telling Angie H to not get involved because Heather was totally on board with what the attorneys and the PR people said. And she's like, yeah, I did. Because basically Angie would be admitting to something that is indefensible and horrible, (laughs) which really pissed Jen off. And I get that because, okay, my friend, you, your friend did something shitty to me. And now you're telling her, trying to protect her from the shitty thing that she did to me because you know that people aren't going to react well to it. Like, Heather, what is going on? Then Heather tries to accuse Dana of being shady, which is wild. Like, honestly, Heather completely lost me, and I think she lost everybody else, too. But then she basically tells Dana not to get involved. But then when Angie K tries to stick up for Dana... Like, by telling Heather what she heard at this dinner, and now, like, like Dana's heard this at the lunch that you guys went to. Now she's kind of in the middle of it, so it's perfectly fine that she repeated it. But then Heather kind of slaps at An- sa- snaps at Angie K and is like, why don't you take this as a lesson, considering the day that you had to just stay out of things? So Angie K throws it right back and is like, you're doing all this talking... Heather, nothing but bullshit's coming out right now. And then Angie points at Jen and says, Heather, this girl has continued a relationship with you. And Heather goes, wait, wait, wait. She's continued a relationship with me? No. That girl just threw your shoes off the boat earlier. (laughs) So then Heather says in a confessional that Angie really needs to check herself because she's not sure how Angie went from annihilating Jen on the sprinter to now defending her and caring about her relationships. Well, all of you guys are turned upside down at this point, but the only one who's even halfway making sense is Angie. And that's not really a safe or good place to be. Oh, Lord, or oh Lord. So then Heather says that she hopes that the deposits that she's made into her friendship account with Jen gives her a little bit of grace and that she hopes that everybody at the table would give her the grace that she deserves because she would be giving it all to them. So then Lisa decides to call out the fact that Jen said just a week earlier that Heather is basically only her friend 60% of the time and she's done with it. And then someone tells Lisa, Lisa, just be fun. And she goes, I am fucking fun, but you came at me earlier. (laughs) And Jen had the nerve to look at Lisa and say, what did I do to you? When did I come at you today? Like, what? (laughs) Meredith says in a confessional that Jen's not in a good way. And the fact that she's drinking so much that she can't even remember what happened with Lisa on the boat is really concerning. But Lisa says in a confessional that she feels like Jen's lying and that she's only concerned with how people have wronged her, but she can do whatever the hell she wants. To me, it was clear that Jen knew what she did to Lisa because we all know that 
if Jen is going to scrap or if she wants to, you know, defend herself, she would have been screeching. The blow horn, the bull horn would have been out. She would have fought tooth and nail to defend herself. But now she's acting like Heather. Like, I completely forgot. I don't know what happened, what's going on, or what you're talking about. Then Jen tries to turn things around on Lisa again by saying that basically she's jealous of her relationship with Heather. But then Lisa starts screaming about, uh, no, how about you shifted the whole dynamic by throwing a drink on Angie and then you yelled at me and made the day terrible. So at this point, Jen decides, oh, I'm going to apologize to Andy K, Angie K. Angie, I'm so sorry. That wasn't funny. I was trying to make a light situation, but that wasn't it. And I am loving how Lisa reacts to hearing other people getting apologies that she feels like she's also owed because she, she she's done. Like, that is her limit. This happened at the choir auditions. And it's just like, where's my apology? So she gets up saying, um, baby girl, gorgeous needs to talk to me on the phone. He's 10 and he misses me. I got to go. Then Jen tries to tell the story about how at the choir auditions that she saw Angie H and she was really surprised because Heather seemed to be on her side about the Chris Harrington Instagram when they were together. But then here Angie H is at the audition. So Heather goes, I'm sorry, are you mad at me that Angie came to the audition with Whitney? And Whitney's like, why am I in it? Why are you trying to include me and to act like I'm the one who invited Jen or Angie H behind Jen's back? Like that wasn't it. You knew we were coming. You invited us. We posted about it on social media before we got there. So no, you're not going to try and get out of this by saying you just didn't know Angie was coming. And then Whitney says in a confessional that she's never seen Heather just sit there and take accountability. She will always deflect or act like she forgot what happened. So Jen says that what she doesn't understand and what she needs to know is that if Heather's okay with being friends with Angie, who did something really fucked up to her and her family, like, how are you okay with that? So Heather goes, well, if they're accountable and they apologize, then I will continue that friendship. Didn't Chris call you and apologize? And Jen says, no, he called me because he got caught in a lie. So then... Right like Whitney said, Heather tries to divert and go around the table and ask everybody else, aren't you guys still friends with Angie? Which is a fair question. (laughs) But, you know, like, let's just focus and take accountability for ourselves and not try to bring everybody else into it. So Heather asks Jen, what is it that you need from me? What do you want me to do? And Jen says, I want you to not be friends with Angie H. Heather says, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. So Jen goes, Angie's a piece of shit. What are you doing? And Heather goes, listen, I'm ride or die. I'll ride or die for you. I'll ride or die for her. They keep going back and forth. And then Jen settles on the fact that apparently the only person who's a ride or die friend to her is actually Angie K. <laughs> so just a full circle moment. I Wild, wild. The same person that you threw a drink on her head, you yelled at her on a sprinter, you threw your shoes off of the boat. Heather says in a confessional, I'm sorry, is there gluten in this pig? Because Jen is really talking crazy. Lord, Lord, Lord. Uh, Jen keeps screaming at Heather about how she's not a great friend. So Heather goes, well, Wes, guess what? Find another Heather gay. And then she walks off. Jen walks away from the table, blaming Meredith for inviting Dana. (laughs) And then Whitney goes, Meredith, you're not the CEO of fun. 
and that was basically it. <laughs> what a disaster. What an absolute, like, how long, how much longer are they going to be in San Diego? I can't wait to find out. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I'll be back with you guys live. Well, not live, but you know, a regular scheduled episode Wednesday on Sister Rives. You guys enjoy your weekend. If you want to give me a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I would be very grateful for that. Um, All right.